Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Something's in the Way, a podcast with your host, Nicholas Blake. If you made it to this second podcast, uh, I appreciate that. I know the first one had a lot of ums and ahs and pauses and just all sorts of things going here and there and everywhere. Um, But this next one is, we're going to have some fun today. Before we get into the real nitty gritty stuff and as we're all kind of on quarantine right now, good time to listen and try this conspiracy theory out because this is one of the coolest ones that almost works for everybody. Um, And this episode will specifically more tailor to the boomers because a lot of the references um, and the things we go into here uh, are, are from that time. So welcome and let's get in to the Mandela Effect. If you've never heard of the Mandela Effect before, you're in for a real treat. I'm going to tie some different things into it. If you have heard of it before, you've probably searched it a million times and gone through all the little exercises and have either come to inconclusive details or you just can't quite figure it out. Uh, I'm going to throw something in the mix with this Mandela Effect that I've been studying on the side. And there's a couple... Not many researchers, there's a couple people that have sort of looked into it, but we're going to tackle it from a different side. So, before we get into the Mandela Effect, we're going to talk about a little place called CERN. If you don't know what CERN is, CERN is the European Organization for Nuclear Research. Let's read the wiki here. Derived from the name... Ugh, Consul European pour la Recherche Nucléaire is a European research organization that operates the largest particle physics laboratory in the world. CERN was established in 1954. The organization is based in a northwest suburb of Geneva on the Franco-Swiss border and has 23 member states. Israel is the only non-European country granted full membership. CERN is an unofficial United Nations observer. The acronym CERN is also used to refer to the laboratory in which, in 2016, had 2,500 scientific technical administration staff members and hosted about 12,000 users in the same year. CERN generated 49 petabytes of data. Petabytes being like, if in cash terms, would be trillions or billions. CERN's main function is to provide particle accelerators and other infrastructure needed for high-energy physics research. As a result, numerous experiments have been constructed at CERN through international collaborations. The main site at Mayrin hosts a large computing facility, which is primarily used to store and analyze data from experiments, as well as simulate events. Researchers need remote access to these facilities, so the lab has historically been a major wide area network hub. CERN is also the birthplace of the World Wide Web. In fact, Mr. Tim Berners-Lee in 1989, while working at CERN, developed and invented the World Wide Web, the Internet. Okay, so if you haven't heard of CERN or what it is, that's kind of the Wikipedia definition. Uh, Some of the, to put it in layman's terms, one of the projects that CERN has been forever working on is recreating the Big Bang. Uh, So basically, they have drilled 
into the earth, these just enormous, enormous holes, and they're constantly crashing together particles to try to recreate the Big Bang. Okay? Um, it's the only one of its kind, and uh, I'm sure there's tons of things associated with CERN if you really want to get into it. But what I'm looking at today, I just need you to understand that it is this giant facility where they're trying to recreate the birth of Earth, scientifically, as they say. The Big Bang. And I don't know what happens when you smash together at, it's, I think it's at light speeds, tons of particles. Well, I guess some scientists know, and they continue to do it. So, I don't know. <laughs> you don't see a lot of comments or things coming out. And actually, even when I found out about the World Wide Web, that was the first I had actually heard of that. Okay, so I want you to keep that CERN in your mind. And we're going to come back to that. So, we're going to go into the Mandela Effect. And the best way to present the Mandela Effect is... Bear with me now, because if you've heard these ones... Don't worry about it, because to the people that are new, it's going to be awesome. So I'm going to give you three things, three examples. Um, I guess they'd be a memory uh, that collectively, as you know, being in the Western civilization world, you should remember. Okay, uh, the first one I'm going to give you is, remember that good old movie starring Tom Hanks, Forrest Gump? It was one of my dad's favorite movies. I think he still watches it again and again. So if you're listening, you're going to do this exercise with me, Dad. So I want you to think of the most famous line from Forrest Gump. Okay? Um, I, you know, life is like a box of chocolates, okay? I'm going to tell you that one. Okay, keep that in your head. The next one we're going to look at is... Ah, let's do... Yeah, let's do the Hannibal one. Um, Silence of the Lambs. Pretty much everybody's seen Silence of the Lambs. The younger viewers, maybe not, um, but it was a very popular movie. So I want you to think of another famous line in that movie. Um, Good evening, Clarice, comes to mind. And the last one I want you to think of is... Let's go with Mr. Rogers. Most of us have seen that. Ah, Even the boomers and the sort of millennials, Gen Xers, will have known this one. And that is when Mr. Rogers walks in the house and he starts to sing the song, kind of puts his jacket off and he says, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Okay, you with me? All right, now I'm going to give you some facts about those three memories that you have. Maybe you, remember, maybe you remember them differently than I just stated to you. And if you did, I want you to hold that with you too. Um, so, a life is like a box of chocolates was never said in the Forrest Gump movie. Life is like a box of chocolates was never said in the Forrest Gump movie. That's not how the quote went. The quote goes, life is a box of chocolates. Okay. I don't know how much you agree or, okay, maybe that was, whatever. Hold that with you, okay? The next one. Good evening, Clarice. And I can almost see where he says it when she kind of walks up to the cell there. 
when he's in his glass uh, cell and standing there all poised. Uh, that, that again was never actually said in the movie. Okay? And the last one, Mr. Rogers. Uh, the word is actually, it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. It doesn't even sound right to me saying it. Um, here's one for the Star Wars fans. Uh, you remember the line, Luke, I am your father. Now, when you think about when that is said in the movie and how that happens. And then I'm going to tell you that was never said in the movie. That was never quoted in the movie. Uh, I believe it, it goes, I don't know, the, he says, you killed my father. Luke says, you killed my father. And he goes, I am your father. But Luke, I am your father, was never in the movie. Okay, According to documented DVDs, PHS, all that fun stuff. Um, here's another couple. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, you remember Snow White um, and the Seven Dwarfs, and you remember the, the, the witch or the whatever she is. And you know the famous saying from that. What is she, she looks in the mirror, and what does she say? Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? She doesn't actually say that either. The, it goes magic mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all. It just doesn't sound right to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, da, 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 da. What else we got here? Mount like a smile. Oh yeah, beautiful day in the neighborhood. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Oh here, the Monopoly man. I want you to think of the cover of the Monopoly uh, game. And I want you to think of that little man there. And uh, you know, he kind of, He's in the middle of the words, and uh, I want you to try to remember, does he have a monocle on his eye? And just through your memory, I want you to try to remember what he looked like. And then, if you remember how I did, yeah, he did have a monocle on his eye. But in fact, he never did. Never, ever, ever, ever had a monocle. Um, <clears throat> another cool one. Uh, that I just kind of remembered off the hilt here is uh, I, when I was a kid, I remember Jiffy Peanut Butter. Um, kind of a green and blue sort of logo or whatever. Uh, well, to be informed, there was never a Jiffy Peanut Butter. Never existed. It was Jiff Peanut Butter. And then the final one, and this gets a lot of people. This one actually got me to, uh, it was the timeline I grew up in, but it's the Bernstein Bears. Remember that uh, sort of a books and cartoon uh, for kids with the Bear family? And, you know, the spelling of it is B-E-R-N-S-T-A-I-N, the Bernstein Bears. And for the life of me, I swore to God that it was Bernstein with an E. Um, but sure enough, you go look at the old books or go into anything. And even had a, a fellow from work. Uh, pull out one of the old books, and sure enough, it's spelled with an A. So if you're kind of getting the gist of it, the Mandela effect is a collective misinformed memory. So it doesn't just mean that I remembered it wrong. There's like numerous, numerous amounts of people that remember a situation or something happening or a movie clip uh, differently than it is. And uh, the reason it's called Mandela Effect was, again, this will be for the boomers because I have no recollection myself of Nelson Mandela. Um, but how this all started was 
he, Mr. Nelson Mandela, went to prison for 27 years. And he got out after 27 years. And in 2013, so only seven years ago, he died of a respiratory infection. To me, that that's news. That means nothing. But to something like 35 or to 40% of the people that are questioned about this remember him dying in jail and they can even recount his funeral. But in fact, he never died in jail. Like he only died seven years ago. And that's sort of what really started it. And that was a big one for that, that time, um, those people in that time. So again, I, I, I don't know. Like I, I have no recollection of Nelson Mandela, but if you're of that age and you can remember, I, I, you know, leave me comments. I'd be interested to see what you remember um, about Nelson Mandela. Uh, so that's sort of the gist of it. And the strange thing is that it's such a, a large amount of people and this is what gets everybody excited about the Mandela effect is you can go to, you know, I, for instance, I, I, when I learned all about this, I went to the next day to my coworkers, there was about five of us and well, sure shit, we all remembered exactly the same. And one guy was, well, one guy was about 12 years older than me. One guy was my age, around my age. And one guy was, he was pushing 15 years older than me. But we all had the same memories. We did the Bernstein Bears. Uh, we did the the Star Wars one. Um, and the Jiffy Peanut Butter. And, you know, whatever. You can look this up on YouTube or Google. And they have turned this into such a joke that you can watch a video of 30 or 40 that, you know, are popular. Like, they're not denying no one's denying that there is different memories of this stuff that apparently doesn't exist. You can look in textbooks and uh, people have gone as far for the Jiffy peanut butter to look at like the patents and to original business licenses. And sure enough, this stuff is all 100%. It, it never existed. Um, these lines in these movies never existed. It, how we remember them, apparently, is misinformed. It's kind of a strange thing when you think about it. Uh, it 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 just doesn't really make sense. So of course you have a million theories uh, when it comes to stuff like this. You you end up getting a lot of different theories because you have so many people that are actively participating in this and can remember or remember differently. That yeah, a lot comes out of it. Uh, and, and this next example, um, what is leading into sort of my interest in, in what's going on with this is uh, uh, the first ever, yeah, first ever James Bond, I believe it was 72. Yeah, I was wrong on the date. It's it's 1979. So yeah, it is the first James Bond movie called Moonraker, Moonraker. Um, and the big thing it has to do is there's a, a character named Dolly in there. So for all my listeners that may have seen that, uh, if, if you can remember, and you can remember Dolly. And uh, Dolly's appearance, I'm, I'm reading from a, a, a fan site on the movie. Dolly's appearance is extremely popular throughout movie history. Uh, I guess she had glasses, pigtails, and braces. 
Um, however, people were shocked to find out after rewatching the scene that she actually had no braces, despite every major James Bond fan claiming she did. Um, now, this just gets a little more, because I haven't seen it, or maybe some of us haven't, uh, the relationship of James Bond villain Jaws and Dolly is one of the most iconic couples in movie history. Dolly isn't a character who has worn a fancy dress costume by many. Her iconic pigtails, glasses, and braces is what's, what makes her stand out in cinema history. However, many were alarmed when they rewatched their VHS copies of the movie that Dolly was no longer wearing her braces. Both VHS and DVD copies are void of the braces. Many people recall watching Moonraker at the, at the theater when the movie was first released in 79 and laughing at the way Dolly was portrayed as Jaws' girlfriend because of her braces. Uh, Jaws, I mean, being that this is coming from me now that I'm looking at a picture, like he's got massive jaws, like metal teeth. Um, the disappearance of Dolly's braces has become a discuss, discussed topic throughout the world and has sparked extreme confusion. Okay, like... I guess if you're into Bond, like, and you remember that, this is big. Um, here's the scene. The iconic scene when Dolly first meets Jaws um, was reportedly as Dolly saving Jaws and Jaws looking at her and falling in love with her before smiling at her and baring his metal teeth. And then I guess it skips to a scene where Dolly then returns a smile, revealing her braces to him. This was an extremely known joke that Jaws and Dolly belonged together because of the metal teeth and the braces. Hence why they fell in love. However, all the signs that Dolly had braces no longer exist. Um, so I guess from what I have heard from people that do remember this is when you watch it now, and I'm going to have to watch it, it, it almost, watching it now where she has no braces, it's just kind of an out-of-place scene because she just kind of smiles and it's as if everything else is gearing towards the fact that she has these braces on and... It just doesn't really work. Uh, some of the possible explanations, I guess a Finnish advertisement with a similar scene was released and many people are uh, getting the movie scene confused with the advertisement. However, it's claimed that it was only in Finland. So many of the people that answered this wouldn't have seen that. Uh, many people believe the sun reflected from Dolly's glasses caused the illusion or because she was cast as a stereotypical geek girl, they just like, in their heads, assumed that she had braces. Many people believe Dolly's braces were cut out of the movie, as a white flash is seen flashing over her teeth briefly. How many, however, many believe there would be no way to edit it out of VHS that they owned in their basement in storage. Okay, so, again, uh, the reason why we're going into this one is because I found something connecting with this Mandela effect. And again, it's not one that I can experience or verify because I have never seen that movie. Um, but if you remember about, uh, let's say, five, six years ago, that song Happy came out. And it was like, oh, here, here I'm always with the songs, right? I always got to sing, if you're happy, happy, no, 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 no. I don't really know the song. I think it was Justin Timberlake that did it. Yeah. And it kind of gained popularity all over the internet because you had all these workplaces. It would be like nurses, doctors, office buildings, everything. doing. They were just like dancing to this song, um, 
kind of in whatever, wherever the workplace was. Kind of like, you know, the mannequin thing became popular there last year. And people were videotaping just people standing in a mannequin position at their work. Anyways, it, it was kind of this thing that went on. Um, and the, the song would go and everybody would be dancing. Anyways, so <laughs> from CERN, you remember CERN? Now we're going back to this... Uh, place where they smash protons together and they they are trying to create the big bang effect and all sorts of crazy stuff going on there they release a it's about a three and a half minute video um you can check it out right now if you've got your computer handy or your phone or whatever go on to youtube and just in the search engine just hit c-e-r-n happy video okay and if you press play on it you'll see the gist of what i'm talking about it's bunch of CERN employees and these are all very young employees um dancing around and they're happy and they're all they're all happy at CERN and it does some you know kind of creepy stuff because it's CERN so there's one guy floating through the air you can obviously tell it's a green screen behind it's not like he's floating or anything um but if you go to the YouTube and if you pause the video at 232 you will see an older man holding a sign that says, we're happy at CERN, okay? And he's got long white hair, long beard, looks kind of like a Santa Claus. And he's got two signs around his neck. And uh, you can, both are just kind of covered, but you can make it out. The first white sign says bond number one. And then there's an orange sign uh, on top of it that says Mandela. Now, I'm going to play this to see if that... Yeah, it, it kind of scrolls so you can see. It doesn't say Mandela Effect, it just says Mandela. And then that's, it goes back to the video, a bunch of goofball scientists dancing around, a bunch of nerds having a good old time. And even, I mean, fairly good-looking people here uh, almost look like they're actors or actresses, but whatever, that's, that's another thing. But um, so here's a facility that, is mashing together particles. Uh, basically, I mean, they invented the World Wide Web. They're doing experiments and seeing things that, man, most of us would have no idea. Um, I mean, they're advancing technology. We need to even inv- invent the World Wide Web. I mean, I, I, I can't even comprehend. I don't have a scientist background or anything like that, but, I mean, it's uncomprehendable to most human minds. And, you know, you're looking at this, you watch that whole video, and this facility's massive, and there's a lot of big equipment, and, like, there's some crazy shit going on in this place. And in the middle of this video, you have some old guy sitting at a desk with bond number one and the Mandela effect. You know, so... <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind is they obviously know about the Mandela effect. Hey, you know what? They might be as conspiracy as anybody, but if you're working in that facility, if you're that close to it, uh, you're seeing and knowing things that most of the public has no idea about. So I, I found it really odd that of all this stuff, this comes out of a place that is doing leading edge experiments every day. They don't even know what they're doing and they're kind of faking it and going along with the flow. Hey, what happens if, what happened? I mean, they've been trying to create this big bang. The place opened in 1954 where I'm sure they've developed many weapons and who knows what else, maybe even part of the, that weather system they have. 
uh, that they, they say can control the weather. But uh, it's just really strange to see that uh, come out of this, you know, three and a half minute happy video at CERN. Like, what, what do you guys know about this, this effect we're having? Hey, it, maybe it's something they're putting in the air. Maybe it's the particles smashing together. You know, quantum physics and that, it, again, we're into science. And, and the whole point about a lot of this, and the, and the point I'm going to make even further here, is people believe in science like it's, it, it's it. That's it. This is it. You got to believe in science. You got to believe in science. You got to believe in, you know, you got to, you can't believe in creation. You can't believe in this. You can't believe that. You got to believe in what the science says. And even if you think when you were a kid and let's say, let's go back 25 years ago and think of a concept in science that has changed. And that's, you know, maybe totally opposite of what it is right now. You know, uh, for instance, <laughs> cigarette, let's take something as stupid as a cigarette. Okay. I mean, when people started smoking, there was no concern, uh, you know, to what they know today and to what they knew even, whatever, 25 years ago and all that. Like, science is, science is the, the occult and, and it's, most of these, and, and I, you'll get into this the more you look and the more you do your research, is all these major scientists and all these guys who come up with theories and Edison and all them, they were all into some weird shit and when I'm talking weird shit I'm talking they were into heavy occult and magic and when I say magic that's magic with a K alright when you start studying this stuff you'll learn when people are referencing stage magic you know pulling a bunny out of a hat things like that it's M-A-G-I-C when you're referencing um, ritual magic alchemy it's M-A-G M-A-G-I-K okay and when you think of some of the concepts we've seen in our time develop, I mean, we would have thought the internet was magic if we had gone back to, let's, you know, like the 50s. Uh, we would have thought, I mean, in numerous things we see today, you know, our cell phones, everything's wireless. And the thing you got to remember is that Science is always getting disproven and proven and disproven and proven. So these people that cling on that science is the only way and you, you know, if you don't check the science, you know, you don't, you can't believe in this and you can't believe in that and you can't believe in this. But the funny part is, is you're the one getting played because these scientists, uh, they're looking to alchemy. They're looking to magic for some of this stuff. And I know that sounds crazy, but... If you do the research and you really start getting into it, you see a lot of this. And, you know, a lot of this stuff, like CERN, they have no idea what the outcomes are. Um, you know, they're learning, definitely. But you always got to remember that before you go so far to say, well, this, you know, this stuff doesn't happen. You know, there's a lot of mouth breathers out there. Ah, oh, this stuff doesn't happen. You know, I sit here and watch my my football game and I listen to my old country music and, you know, like there's no magic. Science is science. And, then, and it's like, you know what? You got to ask questions and you can't just stop at one thing. You got to look at everything. And the minute that you actually feel, you can question, you can question science. Now, all this spiritual stuff and all this occult stuff and all this magic 
suddenly doesn't seem so far away. Uh, I know a, a couple fella I know uh, heavy into studying quantum physics, and this is like man, you gotta <laughs> you gotta prepare yourself for that. You gotta be it's serious serious research, but this stuff is mind blowing, man, and it is, it's just developing further and further. So, and I think it's a time in life where people are finally, you know, seeing. If you look at, you know, we look at old stories from the Bible and from history books and stuff, and everybody's so quick to to make it, well, it's not literally happening. They're not literally doing this. He's not literally, you know, calling up spirits or this and that. It's It's always, you know, a reference for something. But I think what sometimes we're missing is that it's not. And that these this darker and and this good and this evil power and the, you know these demons and angels are very much a part of our world, and we are just so fogged over and clouded over of, of our thoughts of reality and science that we don't even give it a chance. But I beg to differ that the occultists and the people working against us use these tools. And until we recognize that these tools even exist, they're laughing. Um, we're going to go into a um, episode on the Church of Satan and Luciferian worship because this is this is another funny one that a lot of people who hear that right away go, "Oh my God, that's going to be terrible! Uh, you know, it's going to be scary. They're they're going to eat." people and sacrificing children and this and that and this and that. You know what? There's a lot of horrible stuff, but uh, the evil side is not stupid. The left side is not stupid. And they're, they make it as attractive as they can. And the Church of Satan, their, their whole thing is all about the light. They refer to the light all the time, finding the light, being illuminated. Uh, basically, yeah, like uh, they're Gnostic. Again, I said this so many times, but the bad, the bad is good, the good is bad. Um, sort of like uh, Star Wars is an, is an excellent example of uh, some occult belief put right into there. And we'll go into that stuff because that goes on tons of stuff. But you got to balance the good with the bad. You got to balance the good with the bad. Uh, so you do good, absolutely. But you can do bad too. You can use that. Because you're going to have knowledge and wisdom. And that's what the Church of Satan teaches. It teaches wisdom and knowledge. And then you can go back and reference even to the Garden of Eden when, you know, the story, take it as a story, is, um, you know, the apple that God said, do not eat the apple, you know, or else you'll be in trouble. Whatever, making short version of it. And the serpent comes and says, well, why wouldn't you eat the apple? You'll receive so much wisdom, you know. And these people go, well, yeah, why do I have to? I am God. I can be God of myself. Why do I have to, you know, worship somebody? And it's slowing down progress. And, you know, they don't like gays and lesbians. And these are all things that combine together to deceive you and make this stuff look attractive. Anyways, I'm getting off track. Um, to wrap this whole thing up, uh, the Mandela effect, um, it, it's a very interesting phenomena that affects a lot of people. Uh, and why it's kind of a cool conspiracy that people can relate to because I, I haven't met a lot of people that can't find one or two instances where the collective memory is, is incorrect. Um, 
And if none of these ideas that I have given you, there wasn't many I gave, um, just look online, just type it in Mandela Effect. There's literally hundreds of different examples um, that you can kind of play with and find out and hopefully one that works for you. And uh, if you look at that, you'll also see hundreds of different theories on where this goes. Um, but basically, where I'm taking mine is back to good old CERN. Um, so in the front, by the front gate building of CERN, there is a huge, massive statue of Shiva. Um, given, I, I believe it was given to them by India, um, just as, as a gift, whatever that might be. Um, and if you know Shiva, Shiva is a Indian god, um, and associated, basically Shiva represents destruction and creation, okay? Um, and uh, right out of Wikipedia, Shiva is known to rule magic and the occult. Um, this is just another example of some of the beliefs and theories that all these cutting edge scientists associate with. Um, the reason I did this episode first, because I wanted to introduce you, the listener, to the fact that a lot of the things we're going to be looking at in this podcast are going to be considered supernatural. Um, and as skeptics, um, you seem to explain things away by, unless I can see it, feel it, touch it, prove it, um, or science, I, I, you know, you don't buy it. Uh, and what I want to show you is that a lot of these amazing scientists in our history, um, they, they have a lot of occult beliefs. They practice ritual magic and manifestation of symbols. Um, Isaac Newton, actually, for instance, when he passed away, uh, they found what they call Newton's papers. And there was roughly 10 million words written by the scientist himself. Um, and I, they were hidden for a while because I, I think the story goes, don't quote me exactly, but something with a family member. They had discovered these. And of all these 10 million words, about a third of these papers were on his scientific mathematics, all the things he was known for. And the rest of it was on religion and alchemy. And to give you an idea what 10 million words is, uh, equals about 150 novel length books. So a, a ton of, a ton of writings. Um, and these actually got published in the 1960s and they're kind of hard to read, just sort of, they're like someone's notes. Um, but the main thing on the religion side, um, his views and studies were basically a forensic analysis of the Bible. So, in effect, he was trying to decode divine prophecies. Uh, his belief was he rejected the doctrine of Holy Trinity. So, he believed that Jesus Christ um, was not as powerful as God. Um, so, he didn't believe that they they were all one. Uh, he was an anti-Trinitarian. Trinitarian. And, and he was very, like, his papers were full of all his heretical beliefs. Uh, so he's very much an occultist. And then the remaining <laughs> one-third on alchemy, um, they said a lot of it was writings of other people. So they believed he was, he was practicing a lot of alchemy, magic, spells, things like that, uh, trying to relate them and, and coincide with his science. Um, and, and, a f and a really funny note actually on Newton is, if you may not know this, when he discovered gravity, it was when he was in quarantine for the Black Plague. You know? You get what I'm saying here? Sitting at home, 
all these scientists are bored <laughs> sitting at home coming up with theories coming up with gravity um you know and then you got these very smart nerds sitting at home thinking of ways they're going to take over the world who knows we might see a, a, a surge in technology and different things because you have all these guys with incredible minds can't even go to work right so anyways i, I gotta believe something that cern is doing or working on is causing a massive amount of people to have these common collective mistakes in memory. Essentially the Mandela effect. That's kind of where I'm at with it. <laughs> um, and if you dig deeper, there's some claims I, I got a little into um, that this Mandela effect phenomena has actually happened with the Bible. Um, I haven't gone any further than that. I know there's a couple people that apparently really dig into it. And hey, if uh, any of you listeners got some insight on this, or hit up the comments, let me know. Let me know what to look at. Uh, I'd love to go down that rabbit hole someday, but not right now. Uh, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Something's in the Way. Look forward to many more, lots of fun stuff, lots of crazy stuff, lots of interviews. And yeah, hope to see you again. Thanks. Stay woke.